Welcome to episode 37 of the Play Your Yards Right podcast. As always, I am Sasha here with my wonderful co-hosts, Sarah and Mike, and the Super Bowl is officially set. We have a wonderful championship weekend uh, in the books now, Ravens, Chiefs, Lions, 49ers, and we get to recap it all right here. We will go as normal, uh, chronological order, got to start with the Ravens and Chiefs, and then uh, for those original podcast listeners... We will be bringing on the, the Lion, real Lions fan, super fan uh, Taylor we had from earlier uh, in the season uh, to see how he's uh, holding up with his uh, Lions uh, in Detroit, and uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be an exciting one. I can't believe that he's still uh, he's still willing to come on, but we get to pick his brain a little bit. But as, hopefully, he's cleaned up mom's spaghetti. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that that would that was fun. That was fun to see him getting mad and flipping everybody yeah. off at the game. You got to. Mm-hmm. Let's bring a little bit of Detroit in there. That was ageless. Eminem, fifty-one years yeah. old. He keeps I looking know. better. I, I think he also started looking pretty bad. I think doing drugs yeah. and bleaching your hair uh, is not necessarily the you know, or maybe that is kind of the trick. People always see how bad people age is because they look good when they were young. You got to put some bad footage out there when you're young, mm-hmm. so that what, way that's what I'm doing. That way, when you get old, <laughs> like, wow, he really had a glow up. Get fat now, so I can get skinny later. All right, that's a later <laughs> problem. That's, that's right. <laughs> So before we get into that, Ravens Chiefs, this game stunk. Bad game. I hated watching this. Everything it was infuriating. You knew what was gonna the outcome was gonna be like literally like three to five minutes into the game. You you just could tell where this was going. And yeah. I don't think any of us liked that. <laughs> no, it's just it came out and Mahomes looked so good on that first drive. I guess the first two drives, right? It was just back to back touchdowns, scored those 14 points really fast. And it's just when they were able to play with a lead, their defense looked just unbelievable. Their defense looked so good. And mm-hmm. it's just, I, I was just so tired. The, the second half was just the most boring thing in the world. It was just good defense on both sides of the ball because the Ravens defense decided to finally show up. But I was just, I was just so tired of this game and it's just wanting the Mahomes and having to root for Lamar Jackson to do something good against that defense was just the most frustrating time, like most frustrating two hours I've had to spend. Yeah, I I'm in I'm in full Bills offseason mode where uh I looked down at my phone and was like, when's this game start? And was like, oh, seven nothing Chiefs. So I'm like way, I'm way off. Yeah. <laughs> and then sadly just put it on to realize I was already losing my Ravens bet. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Oh, we get to, we get to bring that up a little later too. That, yeah, this yeah. was just this just it felt like it added insult to injury. And it's everything that you know you've been saying about Lamar for the last three years. It's just always comes to a head. And I keep, I don't know why I feel like I'm always stuck here defending Lamar. Cause I basically feel like I have to be there being like, he's not that bad. And then this year he actually, you know, he looked amazing. He looked great. Obviously he's going to be the MVP still because it's a regular season award and it's not, you know, this stuff doesn't affect it. And you still believe, but, and you still believe he's the most valuable player on his team this year. Um, Who else would be? I mean, they were the one seed who, who else could have been the most valuable player to no, on that team. team to their team out of anybody to their team in the league oh no i know the, best, I know. the most valuable player we know where he's going with us yeah, i know i i, I don't know <laughs> who. What? what who who are you guys thinking <laughs> who, who's it don't let your intrusive thoughts in who what, is it who was more valuable on the team that had a better record than the bills oh that's your don't play these word games <laughs> the best most valuable player on the ravens was the defense so I mean I agree that their their defense was the best part of that, but the most, he, yes. the most impactful player to a team's record in the NFL this year, if it wasn't hammered home today, was Joshua Patrick Allen. Patrick, 
I don't know. Yeah, I don't actually don't like that. It makes I like that. It's a, well, Josh Allen then. Yeah. Okay. You want. <laughs> but anyway, it was all of the bad Lamar that people kind of expected sometimes, or that we've seen in other parts of the season. It just all came to all came to one. <laughs> it is Patrick. God, I got bad there. All came to one <laughs> ugly head. All at the beginning, you know, all basically throughout this whole game, and they forced him to throw the ball. The entire game, I it's like they only ran the ball what like five times. It's it's insane that they just like wouldn't give the ball to Gus Edwards or anybody else. Like the couple times where they would, it's like you just need to run a balanced offense. Still, it's not like they were down by twenty points ever either. It's like you were down, you, you know, they scored a touchdown to start. Like you, you still need to run the ball and try to just do something because they were just putting pressure on him and Lamar just could not throw the ball, couldn't hit anybody. I mean, mm-hmm. there were. And it, and it also felt like at every chance they had, the Ravens would just continuously shoot themselves in the foot. And oh, good play! Here's another 15 yard penalty. Oh, you got to stop on a third down. We're gonna have some stupid like taunting, or you're gonna get in your face, and we're gonna headbutt you they and were, give you a free first down. They were baited. They were baited yeah. by a more mature team to, to yeah. commit these penalties. Yep. It was major Dallas Cowboys energy in a playoff game, like the undisciplined, you know, penalty calls that just end up shooting them in the foot. I mean, I have to say it because Dak's obviously been taking the heat for it, but Lamar's playoff record, he truly doesn't have that clutch gene. I mean, he's, I have to, like, I know people are talking about it, so I'm not, I'm trying to act like people aren't talking about it, but they need to be saying it more. Like, he really needs to be, you know, taking more heat, I feel like, for his performance in the playoffs. Overall, big screen, big screen look at it. I mean, this team up until this game was dominant, and to have this performance that they had, if I was a Ravens fan, I guess I kind of would feel all like all around the play calling was bad. The penalties were not all obviously, if any of them really Lamar's fault. So you have to look at that. But it, I feel like it started with him in this game. Like he didn't look comfortable throwing the ball. And I guess you change the play calling from there. But he just, I don't know, is it, I think they were talking about it on part of my take, but the fact that he just has this, you know, his incredible ability, obviously to be so elusive and run the ball. Like, does he spend too much time in the pocket deciding whether he should throw or run? Like, because he, that's such a strong option. And is that why he's just like a half step behind sometimes where he just gets nailed from behind, you know, or strip sacked and stuff like that. I don't know. Like, does that somehow play to his advantage in some ways, obviously it's a huge advantage in others, but I don't know. He just didn't, doesn't, didn't look comfortable out there yesterday at all. Well, you're. Uh, I'm gonna say that the strip sack was that is an overwhelmed quarterback because he didn't even sense the pressure. Yeah. Uh, the the I I don't know why Harbaugh had it out to be like it was gonna be the Lamar Jackson show. It felt like that was their game plan. Like we're gonna let you go out there and air it out. We're gonna show the world what Lamar Jackson is, and they did that. Because I, I again, I think the MVP of the Ravens showed up. The Chiefs were scoreless in the second half. Yeah, the defense yeah. was incredible. Their coaching, play calling, and Lamar's inability to—I don't think just—I don't think he's a great pass. I think he's great when plays break down and he's playing backyard football and he's scrambling and the defense is—you've given these guys extra time to run you know, option routes off of their original routes and things like that. That was the touchdown to Zay Flowers was Lamar got out, created time, bought time, Dodge got back, and then Flowers goes deep, coverage breaks down. But when you're talking like in in rhythm, in in a scheme, he's not a good quarterback. I, I know it's like blasphemy, but like what else do you need to see? Even if you want to say about, and again, uh, Josh Allen, I mean, we put up 24 points against them. It was the same defense a week later, same team. 
Yeah. I'm just saying that's these are we talking elite quarterbacks. Do you think that the what do you thought? Well, I guess we'll get to it, but I don't think the Niners are only going to put up 10 points. Yeah. yeah. No. You know? Very true. And I guess we have to talk about the Chiefs a little bit more and the offense. And like where uh, first of all, I feel like the Chiefs offense has just come out of hiding slowly each and every week. Like Travis Kelsey was playing like an animal. He was blocking well. He was obviously had some huge numbers from just receiving standpoint. And I feel like he was just lagging all season. Everyone's like, is he going to retire? Is he sick of this? No, he looked like he was firing on all cylinders. Mahomes was just doing all the Patrick Mahomes stuff, like his usual mannerisms, getting the calls. I mean, when you play the Chiefs, you have to beat the reps for sure, because calls do always go in their favor, you know, but I get the Ravens it to themselves. But I feel like we talked about last week, they were officially getting annoying. Like this is, I think, universally now, everyone can agree upon that unless you are a Kansas City Chiefs fan. Yeah, I'm just so tired of it already. It just feels like it, the, the torch has been passed from uh, Brady and the, you know, Brady and the, uh, and the Patriots, Brady and the Patriots. It's like, it doesn't matter how bad they look, doesn't matter what happens throughout the season. If, you know, if Brady is healthy, they're going to make it to the championship game. They're going to make it to the Super Bowl. It's just feel like this is the same thing for Mahomes, but it's, you know, Mahomes is what, 27, 28 now. And, you know, we have another 10 years of this. So it's, I feel like this is a bad time to already be annoyed of it. Um, And I'm, yeah, I'm just, I'm not thrilled. And it's like their defense looks amazing. Jones is incredible. Legereus Sneed seems like he was flying all over the field. Punch out that fumble. Yeah. Sick play. Just all, the, I guess I think the only defensive player that was better, I mean, Kyle Hamilton was un- unbelievable. Yeah. But, you know, MVP even. Yeah. But he, <laughs> but the, it's just like the Chiefs with this kind of defense. And then, you know, when they're really backed up, having, Mahomes and Travis Swift on your sideline are just not, you know, they're not, it's not a bad place to be. So I, more because Valdez Scantling made a huge play, uh, you know, Rushy Rice is, is serviceable. He's, he's, he's a threat. The chiefs are the chiefs did, and they fooled me and I'm pissed at myself for it. They fooled me by doing the same script that the Patriots did with Gronkowski and the Bucks did which is Gronk looked washed up during the year and you think he's lost a step. And in reality, it's just they're keeping the Ferrari in the garage. And yeah. come come these big games, Kelsey has enough in the tank. He hasn't taken the hits. He hasn't taken the abuse. And he's able to, for a couple hours now, put up these incredible numbers. Like, he's still incredible. And I, and I thought at 34 that he had kind of plateaued. And clearly, it's just like a load management thing. So Yeah. Mm-hmm. His, the Chiefs have become what the 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 famous from the the Dark Knight. Uh, you either you either die you either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Yeah, because that's what it is with the Chiefs. Because there yeah. was a point in the beginning where like I didn't like them, but I I didn't hate them, and it was like wow. And now it's like I I have had enough. I have had enough. Yeah. Enough. Yeah. It's a hard middle ground. To, I'm trying to think of teams that have done it well. Like, I don't know. Maybe like maybe Giannis and the Bucks. Like they do, like they're still relatively like, but it's like you win one and then like you have to not win one again because as soon as like Steph you know, Curry's kind of been, but the Chiefs, like yeah, yeah, people are people are tired of the Warriors because they kept doing it for so long and it's the, just Derek Jeter's Yankees. I, I, we live in New York and I'm a huge Yankee fan. I guess yeah, Derek. I don't, everybody loves. Every, I think everybody like everybody loves the Yankees. Yeah, yeah. Like everybody. <laughs> loves, <laughs> I'm never like them. Never even once. <laughs> the Houston Astros. Yeah, people like them, right? Yeah, they kept coming back. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, it's, it's everybody. It's it's just what happens if you're this successful for that long of a period of time. Like people just turn on you, and it's it's happened. And I don't really see them taking a step back. I I I, I do think not having Kelsey whenever he does decide to retire is going to be huge because it, it he's not the kind of guy that's just out there. He's a great route runner. His, I mean, his hands are amazing. His trust with Mahomes seems huge, Absolutely. and his ability to find those open spaces. He's not always just. He's not an X's and O's. I got to run eight yards out, cut back and find this. His ability to find the open space, find the soft spot in the defense is not something that can just be replicated by whatever Noah Gray when he, you know, if he's going to be the heir apparent, like it's that that's not something that really can be learned. I don't think so that that's, I don't know, maybe that's going to make it more difficult for them, but it's still just going to be Mahomes finding somebody else. And a lot of what, and a lot of what him and Mahomes do are are he goes out and when he gets to a certain point it's like break left or break right based off of what you see and him and Mahomes have to see the same thing because there's no set it's not go to the outside or go to the sideline go to the middle it's he's got to see it and make a decision and when he turns around that ball's already coming so there's a trust in terms of like they don't even know what the play call is and yet they're both always in sync on it and it is it is special to watch I can't stand watching it but I mean, you have to appreciate it when you see it happening. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's incredible. It'll be the thing. We'll tell our kids, be like, yeah, we watched that happen. It was unbelievable to watch. We hated watching it, but boy, were they, boy, was that good. Right before Josh Allen won his four yeah. Super Bowls, <laughs> there were, yeah, those guys, the Chiefs. Wait, Patrick? Yeah. That guy? <laughs> Patrick, yeah, the best Patrick. <laughs> So yeah, boring second half. Um, I'm very, very worried about the Chiefs' defense uh, going into the Super Bowl. Like having, I, I just, I, 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 they're gonna win another one. It, it's yes, they're Patrick Mahomes with points in the Super Bowl. It's just, you know, I, I keep finding ways to try to talk myself out of, you know, convincing myself that they're gonna win, and then they keep winning. It's like, well, yeah, we knew that was gonna happen. So, can we, can we talk about? And maybe I'm, I haven't, I haven't briefed you guys on this. Can we talk about how annoying Tony Romo has oh. been? Oh, I know. I it's, it breaks me to say it, but yes, I agree. Everything. Could you imagine Tony Romo doing like going grocery shopping and like just finding like something, and it would be like it's not just like he found like a discount. It's the greatest discount of all time, Jim. <laughs> I found the pepperoni pizza a dollar off, Jim. Some people are saying it's the greatest pizza, Tony <laughs> Romo. When Lamar had the bat, the batted, which I saw very funny, the the Lamacurate Jackception. Oh. <laughs> that was shout was out Stephen Che. Yeah. Uh, Lamar Jackson's batted pass. It was he hadn't even caught it. Like they had just the play just died, and Tony Romo said out loud, and I wrote this down, and I always tell myself to be better with notes. He wrote that is the most amazing play I've ever seen, Jim, <laughs> and it's like. We're in the midst of watching the league MVP yeah. flounder and is clearly getting like crushed. It was a shitty play that he got lucky and caught his own tip ball, which because he threw it. So he's the first one with eyes on the ball. And yes, he's athletic. And yes, that was a sick play. He didn't score a touchdown. He got like eight yards. He said, that is the most amazing play I've ever seen, Jim. And at that point, somebody should have came in and tapped him on the shoulder and been like, here's Joe Buck, everybody, for the rest of the game. <laughs> Enough of this Tony Romo. Everything he sees is the most amazing thing you've ever seen. He's yeah. no longer, and I think this is, and uh, he when he had gotten out of the league and into the booth, one of the things that I thought was amazing 
was like he was still really keen on like what kind of play calls were coming mm-hmm. and what you were going to see. And he did a lot of this in-game analysis, like like he was almost pre-predicting these plays, but also explaining them. It's a lot of what uh, Greg Olson is doing now. Exactly. I, that's exactly what I played it to. Yeah. And I think a lot of what Troy Aikman still does and has yes. gotten better at doing. Um, because ironically, I think he sucked. He had like no personality. And now he's like very, like I'm sad he's not in the Super Bowl. Because we're getting yeah. more Tony Romo, everybody. Oh yeah. Um, and now that he's like a few years removed, and 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 I'm sorry, I don't know him. Maybe he's the greatest guy. Maybe he's the greatest guy ever, Jim. <laughs> I think he's not doing his homework anymore. Uh, he is just. It is. He is hitting. He's spamming the buttons on like the four notes he has. There was yeah. a game for the, and I always bring it to the Bills. There was a game for the Bills where Josh Allen. It was after we had had a uh, he had had a bad game. I forget which one it was, and he was taking like checkdowns. And clearly, Tony Romo's notes was he's got to take care of the ball. He's got to make the smart play. He said it like seventy four times in the game, and I'm like, man, this guy's got no other angle. And it's like we have to sit with you for three hours. Yeah. It can't be. He's like, if you want to be Patrick Mahomes, you got to do Patrick Mahomes. Like Patrick Mahomes doesn't do this shit. He completes his passes. He reads the D. De- you know, it just. He's telling like a story, like a tall tale when I'm just trying to get analysis or silence or just let me hear yeah. Jim Nance tell you what down and distance it is. Right. That's the point of the color guy is to paint with interesting colors. Don't exactly. just don't Jackson Pollock all over it with just yeah. it's all like, I completely agree. So, Sarah, as a as a Cowboys fan, is this like, do you have any sort of lingering like, well, it is still Tony Romo like, you know. Yeah. I mean, I feel bad for him in a way. Like, it's like one of those kind of like secondhand embarrassment, right? Like when you see someone like who, like one of your friends, like thinks they're good at karaoke, like they pride themselves of being good at singing. Then they go to karaoke and they're like trying their heart, like hardest. And everyone's yeah. like, mm. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? That's kind of how I see it. I mean, I think you hit it on the head. Like he was, everyone thought he was great early on because of his analysis and you know, it was a fresh breath of fresh air sort of thing, like more, you know, bringing it into the booth, I think, than it was previously. But now he definitely has brought his enthusiasm. And I don't even know if it's his real personality or if it's just this personality he puts on to do this, but where his voice is just, it, I find his voice irritating. I really do. And I feel like it's, you said it exactly right. He's using far too many cliches. You cannot yeah. cry wolf. Every play, like you said, cannot be the most amazing thing you've seen, or, you know, this is incredible. Like he's always saying that. And I feel like he just is like, I don't know what the reason for the shift is in it. Maybe he felt like he needed to bring more energy along with Jimmy. Like maybe he's trying to contrast him and bring, bring a different voice to things. But I think he just needs to tone it down a notch. It's all, I, I think he, if he just brings it back to his roots, I'm sure it's in there somewhere, but I feel like someone has to be like, Hey, like, let's, let's reel it in a little bit here. Let's see. He needs to start dating Jessica Simpson again. Oh, <laughs> He's yeah. starting. He is starting to look like just this. He's got hair personality plugs in, like he's the weird, bad, like fake tanner on his face. I think there's all the whatever chemicals he's doing to his head are seeping into his brain, and I I think it's maybe a little bit of reading too many of his own press clippings from those first like two years when everybody's like, oh, maybe he's really onto something. He he's really so great. Good. He was, yeah. and that, and I'm not taking that away. It's just he, he I walked away from this game when I have. I'm so pissed at the Ravens for losing me money. I'm so pissed at betting on them. I hate the Chiefs. I hate my life right now as a football fan. I was 30 minutes late to the game. I'm so like, damn, I'm broken. And all I could think about was Tony Romo needs to shut the fuck up sometimes <laughs> and like just let the game go. Or yeah. tell me what I'm looking at on the field, Tony, former NFL quarterback, Tony Romo. 
instead of like every the check down in this in AFC championship game, Jim, this is the it's everything. It sounds like, you know, it sounds like he's you know what it sounds like. It sounds like he's having like he's climaxing in the booth there, everybody. <laughs> he's he's Poor excited. Jim, Nance, Jim Nance probably gotta like slide his chair away after like the first play. He's just like, he's I hate this. Away guy. from me, Tony. But he's not yeah. spending I don't enough, think he's doing his homework. He's not spending enough time on football because he's busy. He's currently his uh according to uh Golf USA, his current handicap is 1.6. And uh I don't know if you guys know much about golf, but you don't get a 1.6 handicap by not playing golf a lot. So yeah. I think maybe spend a little much a little more too much time on the links, maybe uh just getting excited and uh not really doing a lot of the homework in the in yeah. the booth. His reaction sounds like he's handicapped sometimes. <laughs> I was worried about Googling Tony Romo handicap. It was just going to be some like actual expose. About just a clip but... reel of him yeah. just screaming yeah. at plays that were not important. About the self-tanner he's using, poisoning his brain. Maybe the hair plugs, probably. I also, I have, I have one other quick coaching shout out, and I don't know if you guys saw this. And I think they did mention it in the game, so I'll give credit to them for this. Did you see, and this is really obscure, but I always get crazy about the end of the game and there'll be some stuff about the Lions, about the way that they really botched. Like I was, that was a Sean McDermott shit. Um, they they had the penalty, uh, The it was first and 10. They needed to get a stop to get the ball back, right? And the, on the Chiefs last drive before they punted. Yeah. Um, it went to first and five and the clock wasn't running. I think there was two minutes and 38 seconds left. So that penalty didn't advance the clock. Instead of them taking, like, just letting them run that play at first and 10, they had Roquan Smith run through the offensive line. First of all, he blew a guy up, which is like always, that's got to be very jarring as like a left guard. Yeah. So then all of a sudden, like, you're thinking you're about to snap and then just get blown up by the middle linebacker. They took a 15-yard penalty. That penalty also doesn't start the clock. So all you need to get as a Ravens team is one stop. You essentially take them from instead of having it first and five to get that first down, you give up, you surrender the 15 yards, which are inconsequential, to get back to first and 10. Yes. Incredible coaching call because I'm sitting there and I'm a clock management psycho. John Harbaugh, although I did not like a lot of his game plan, that was very smart and more coaches should think about stuff like that. Yes. The way you can you if you ever get a penalty when you're trying when it's one drive and points don't matter to that other team, getting a penalty you want that to be first and as many yards as possible as long as you're not going to have to run clock. Right. Because first and five, then they got to get five yards, and then you're burning timeout. Game's over. So very smart. Very I don't know if you guys saw it. I, no, just, I did. It was really I was good. Like blown away. Yeah. I was so impressed. It was they still, but that was still so Ravens. They still managed to mess up. He hit them so hard. It was it a was fifteen a yard penalty as opposed yeah. to five-yard ones like they couldn't even do that totally right but it was the same thing because i was kind of confused i'm like it was first and five how'd they get the first and ten i was like oh that's a very 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 smart uh smart play so and I, I think that was a chief seat call to call it a personal foul too yeah because it's like you know that's encroachment right it's, it's kind of yeah it's like in whatever in the nba guy gets hit you you know it's like, it's like we know yeah we're no we're just hitting you know we're, we're just trying to foul you here it's like you didn't need to punch him in the face yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. flagrant one but uh, overall, Chiefs she will continue to be the Chiefs. Uh, you know, I think the Ravens uh, Niners would have been fun. Ravens either team that came out of the NFC would have been fun. But just going to be the Chiefs, and now I guess I really have somebody to root against. So that'll make it for an interesting two weeks. 
Um, now, actually, we will be bringing on a real Lions fan, as alluded to in the beginning, Taylor. We'll get to hear his breakdown, see how he's holding up, and uh, we will talk a little bit about the Lions-Niners game to end out the championship uh, in the NFC. As promised, we are officially back to break down the Lions 49ers game with super fan of the Detroit Lions, Taylor, who was on earlier in the season. Uh, so I guess first and foremost, Taylor, we want to send you our deepest regards and condolences. We were officially a Detroit podcast as soon as the uh, the Bills had lost. Everybody and their mother, I think, was rooting for Detroit, and it was uh, really hard to see them go down the way they do. So first of all, how are you doing? How are you holding up? And uh, what are your uh, what are your overall takes from that uh, from that heartbreaking loss? Man, I'm good. Like I said earlier, I'm kind of more frustrated that I almost had the Super Bowl prediction when I was on earlier. It would have been really nice to gloat in that. <laughs> uh, but it's one of those where it's like, man, when me and Sarah had the podcast last year and we were one and six, and I was like, hey, we're about to turn the corner, and they did. Um, I was I. I can't be mad that my expectation was like, let's just get, let's get a playoff game and maybe one win. And then they over exceed the expectations and get to the, I mean, if we're really being honest, let's take the field goals out of it. You get one football off the face mask into Ayuk's hands and that completely changes the game. So yeah. you have a complete fluke play that um, kind of cost us really cost us along with a few other things can't be too mad about it um and, and the way dan campbell has his team uh built um this is either gonna break you or it's gonna make them more hungry and i think the people that he keeps around which is, looks like a majority of the team the main free agent that we would probably be losing um is decker and cj gj um so we can replace the cornerback and you got to trust ben johnson and dan campbell in the draft and how they pick the right players. I, it's probably too early to say that, like, man, we expect to be back in the same spot next year because um, they overexceeded expectations and you don't want to – I feel like this is worse than a Super Bowl loss hangover, but it could it could recharge the guys, make them more hungry. Um, could dwell on it, but I'm not – I'm actually not as sad as I could be um, as long as the 49ers win. Then I'll be really sad. Yeah, I think – because. We're, we're... We're definitely in that same boat. Because, I, I mean, if anybody watched that game, you're watching Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery, and you're like, the Chiefs aren't going to stop these guys. Like, if J-Mo gets a reverse streak, you get two of those to the house. Like, I, I think it was a matchup nightmare for the Chiefs, and I think the Chiefs are way more excited they're getting the 49ers than they are in the Detroit Lions. Ooh, I, don't, I don't know if anybody's real pumped that they're having Mahomes come in and have to play against them. Um, I completely agree with you. You know, it's a tough hangover, but it's uh, Dan Campbell's the guy that you want to hang your hat on. And the thing that scares me the most is, or if I, if I was a Lions fan, the thing I would be the most worried about is a similar kind of thing to what happened with the Eagles this year, where losing a coordinator, because it seems like a lot of things are pointing towards Ben Johnson becoming the you know head coach of the, uh, or the commanders. So having to lose him and then having to replace that is, uh, you know, not the most fun task in the world. So do you do you think that he's going somewhere? And do you think that Campbell can uh, find somebody to replace him and still have the offense hum like it did this year? So I wish I knew Dan Campbell. I wish I knew Dan Campbell personally, just because he'd be really cool to know personally. But <laughs> if you think of <laughs> if you think of the way he's running that team, I'm sure. I mean, it's the same way with business. You're 
he's probably training his replacement the same way he would want Ben Johnson to train his replacement. Yeah. Um, so I don't know who they would have internally or if they have somebody in mind internally. That I mean, that'd probably make the most sense because you have someone with that same philosophy that's been under Ben Johnson. But if I if I could have a swaying voice to Ben Johnson is the commanders don't have Dan Snyder, so I can't use that to sway you from it. But do you really want to go to a rebuilding franchise and you have to find a quarterback and you know you're you're leaving a lot of good weapons behind? You don't just want to stick it out and wait for a better job to open next year. Um, so I say all that to say maybe Ben Johnson stays, but you would have to think Dan Campbell. I mean, he's leading this team in, in three years, an ultimate turnaround. You would think he's doing the same thing with the coaching staff that he, him and Ben Johnson kind of have a replacement because Dan Campbell, you think he's, you think he is dumb, but he's really smart. And he probably knew what he had in Ben Johnson. So he's probably been, He's probably he's probably been helping Ben Johnson progress to know he's going to be gone, but he probably has a backup plan or two that's already ready and waiting in the wings. So we'll see. Um, I wish nothing but the best for Ben if he does go to Washington, but it would be really cool if we ran it back with him. That's all I'm saying. If I were Dan Campbell, I'd be all over Ben Johnson and his off. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> whatever whatever it takes and i think you're totally right it's like do you really want to go to the commanders i mean it does make you know, I, the pay bump from be, becoming a head coach is obviously tremendous a lot of money he's asking yeah. for is it really 16 million dollars a year oh i mean that's a lot and, yeah and, allegedly allegedly but and maybe that's a strategy of like hey hey dan screw it i'm gonna ask for 15 million if they give it to me yeah. i can't turn it down but if i do then i mean if they do then cool we're running it back yeah, I mean, I don't, I can't imagine wanting to. It seems like such a fun locker room to be in. It seems like everybody's just all pulling the oars in the same direction. They're all about getting their guys in there. So, mm -hmm. especially if you're able to, you know, come, come, put it all together. And I mean, you see what teams are able to do when they're able to maintain as much consistency as possible. Obviously, it's a business and there's contracts and stuff. But you see these teams that are able to keep this nucleus of guys together, how successful they can be year over year over year when you're just building on stuff as opposed to bringing all sorts of new guys in, having to do with new play callers, new stuff. It's, I mean, it could be a meteoric rise. So how far they got this year, if they're able to keep him in-house and keep most of that, you know, I mean, I was Laporta came out and, you know, is young unbelievable. Amon Ross St. Brown is probably my favorite player in the league that doesn't play for the Giants. And mm -hmm. it's just like he's they're so much fun to watch. So like and it, it feels like the, it, they've just been so downtrodden forever. It's like every Lions fan I know, it's like I just want to, you know, it's like, oh, like how how are you feeling? Everybody's just so happy to be there. It's it's awesome. Yeah. And it's like he of course it's a it's been beaten. It's been a drum that's been beaten, but it's like everybody laughed at the Jameer pick. He's been solid. Jack Campbell, solid, Brian Branch, Laporta, solid. And you look back at, you know, I forget who they picked Sewell over, but I feel like there was quarterbacks and stuff they could have taken, but they went with Sewell, and he's so, damn near he's the so next good. next Trent Richardson, yeah. or no Trent Williams. But and the only thing that gives me hope is, I think, I think it's a different story if the 49ers completely destroy Detroit, then it's like okay. But if you look at that game, like Detroit, I mean, you can't. That has to leave a sour taste in your mouth to where it's like, um. Everybody and their mom, like Detroit should have won that game. I mean, take take the drops away, even if you kick the field goals, like 
Detroit should have won that game. And I think the way they lost maybe can give some hope to Ben Johnson to be like, man, I'm not going out like that. We need to run it back. And then now if they got their ass kicked, then I feel like it is what it is. But maybe that type of loss keeps them around maybe for one more year. And he just goes Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick and just stays around with Anthony Glenn and we just roll with it. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. I, I am a little curious from your point of view as a Lions fan, what are your overall thoughts on the Dan Campbell decisions? Like, are you, are you happy with them when in the moment are you happy? Are you okay with it? Because obviously, you know, not kicking that field goal down there um, mm-hmm. is is certainly tough. And not to say that anything would change, or but it's, you know, not taking those points and going forward is tough. Um, but uh, there really is the, the one that I had the biggest issue with, cause I personally love it. It's like, it's unwavering of who he is. They have the, mm-hmm. you know, if you want to build the, you know, build the DNA of a team, like you really need to be who you are no matter what. But the biggest issue that I have was when they were you know, right before they scored that touchdown on fourth down, running it on third down and having to burn a time out there because they didn't get in. It's really the only one to me that doesn't have a, uh, you know, it can't really be like you know, written off as, you know, we are who we are. But uh, overall, as a Lions fan, how are you feeling about all those decisions from top to bottom? I think I think it's a two-edged sword. I think I think the biggest boneheaded thing was the running it on third down. That should yep. have been a – that that one made no sense to me. I'm watching and I'm like, okay, quick out, like throw it out of bounds or to where only somebody can catch it, then we run the ball. And I'm like, oh, as soon as we did that, that was game. Um, but I think it's a two-edged sword of – that type of aggressiveness and putting your dick on the table got us to where we were at or not us, but them got the lines to where they were at. Um, hindsight's always the easiest thing. And I, I mean, the first one, I had no issue with the first one. I didn't have any issue with the second one either. The first one, you still had all the momentum. You, I mean, you, it's just a drop, a little bad pass. Like you live with that one. Um, you can't predict Jameer Gibbs is going to have a foam. I, damn, I swear that was his first fumble of the season. Like, you can't predict that stuff's going to happen. Now, the way the game was going and you've already lost the momentum, uh, I probably would have loved to see – I didn't love the second fourth down as much as I loved the first one. Definitely would have loved some points right there, and it kind of came back to haunt them because we scored. We're still down three. Um, But – the second one, I would have loved a little more just because there is no momentum on our side. First yeah. one, no issue with. Second one, you live with it, but you can kind of see where it killed us. The third down one was like you've, pro- like you've proven you're smart and you're proven you've been smart by putting your balls on the table. That one just made – I can't even – there's nothing I can defend on that one. I don't know why they ran the ball on third down, but that goes back to Jared Goff. I feel like you have to look at that situation and look at the front and just be like, screw it. I'm checking it. I'm just going to throw it, whatever. We'll ride, we'll ride with it. Um, but yeah, that one was more boneheaded than anything. I, I think you just can't call the timeout. Yeah. You can, you can run that. I it, When I was watching it, my thought was two things. You either have two plays. So Jared Goff knows if this gets stuffed right back to line of scrimmage, you call play number two, hike, throw it. Or you have the kicking team in that in that emergency Mayday. setup, yeah. Mayday, where they come out. You don't get it on third down. You kick the field goal, um, and then you get the. You can't go into an onside kick with two timeouts with the way yeah. the onside rules doesn't make sense. And I was, and the I was honestly, I, I was honestly like, I was, I was hoping for the Mayday situation because you run the kicking team out there. 
well, I think it was like 50-something seconds left. Let's say you take your time. You still kick the ball with 30 seconds, and then you your three stops, you get the punt, and you maybe have, what, 12 Yummy. seconds left? So, I mean, you have 12 seconds to do something. Um, yeah, just I feel like that end of game was way more – way more boneheaded than anything as far as the fourth down conversions. And I mean, it's also a different story if Reynolds Reynolds, who has been absolutely out of nowhere and he's been so consistent all season, just one of those things where, you know, he just drops two of them. Um, and then of course the second fourth down conversion, he's wide open going across the middle. Goff obviously doesn't see him and goes to St. Brown. It's an underthrow. Um, but hell who knows? Maybe he, I can't be mad at it other than other than that was a game that you it sucks for the fans and you know the players they're probably for the next up until kickoff next season they're going to be licking their wounds for this one yeah I feel like having Dan Campbell in the locker room for that can help with this kind of stuff you know he's the kind of guy that can rally everybody together I mean you saw him walking out arm in arm with Teddy Bridgewater who said he's retiring you know who mm -hmm. honestly I, I forgot he was even on the Lions but it seemed like you know they had if you if you had just seen that clip you would have assumed that they were like that he was the quarterback all season so it's just I, I hope for the Lions sake that Ben Johnson stays um, then they can really build something around that. They, you know, they've drafted great. And, uh, you know, I think overall Dan Campbell, good locker room guy, maybe not a big math mm -hmm. class guy, but, uh, <laughs> you know, you can, you can pay people for that. You can bring, you can, yeah. you can bring people in that can help and, with those kind of decisions. Dan Campbell strikes me as a guy who plays Madden. And I keep talking about these coaches just have to play some Madden to understand Dude. late game scenarios. So straightforward. All of us, anybody who's out there plays a bunch of Madden, like, I dude, swear, I have three timeouts, man. What are you? What are you talking I, about? What are we doing? I don't know. I don't know if. Uh, I don't know if. Uh, I don't know if time coordinator coach is a thing, but I feel like I could be oh, the highest I'm paid time coordinator in the league. <laughs> yeah, I could be the highest paid time coordinator. Like, no, don't do that. Why are we running it? We got three timeouts. What's going on? Uh, I could <laughs> definitely kill that. Or, or I played too what? much, man. You know what? Or after that, just unplug the remote and don't go out and play. Don't even kick the thing. Just just go back to the lobby and play a new game. That's what I would do. Yeah. I wouldn't even go out. Like, quit. Can we can we quit? Can we just quit and restart? What's going on? The connection here? to your peer has been lost. That's all that <laughs> yeah. Oh, First half, San Francisco quit. We got to find a new lobby. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> if they, yeah. If this was Madden, you guys be in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Right Unfortunately, there's two halves to every game, so that's tough. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, we we do have to also give the flowers to the 49ers a little bit. So Taylor, I know we're taking you away from work a little bit. Would you are you are you okay with listening to us uh, and maybe hopping in talk about the 49ers a little bit? I'll do a little bit, and I want to say I saw a tweet that McCaffrey wouldn't play with a paper cut in Carolina, but all of a sudden he's the Incredible Hulk, and I second that. Yeah, <laughs> they need to look into that. It turned, yeah, I uh, I really I, I don't blame him having to go out and play for Tepper and play in uh, you know those terrible teams. I guess no, they I mean he was they had some good teams while he was there, but uh, wow. yeah. Now I mean, Cam Newton's Cam Newton's calling it out in the huddle. I don't know how motivated. Yeah. Well, did they was he in the Super Bowl with that yeah, Panthers oh. team or was that a no, okay? Wait, I don't think so. Guy, guys naming dudes. It had to be a. The running back who played Dan was it, it was Dan like Williams Jonathan Stewart and Yes, Williams. yes. Yeah. Okay, yes. yeah. 
guys naming players. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yes, the 49ers. I mean, McCaffrey is it's basically just the lock that he's Ray going Wilson to was on that team. So he was. He was. <laughs> um they uh basically McCaffrey will score two touchdowns every week. Um mm-hmm. Debo Samuel is like I don't know, like the fastest guy I've ever seen, aside from like Tyreek Hill. Uh you mm-hmm. did get lucky. But what what I still you know, listen, they're great, they're amazing at basically every position. Trent Williams is amazing. They have a couple dudes on defense, but their defense clearly, you know, is not the strong point of that team. Um, but like everybody after the game is just like Purdy, Purdy, Purdy. He's unbelievable. Everybody that was talking shit about Purdy, like, look and see what he did. It's like, what he had like 260 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. Like, what I get that he like was, you know, managed the game, whatever, but everybody was talking like he went out there and had some like crazy Josh Allen Mahomes performance where he threw for three and ran in two in the second half. And it's just like, I feel like I watched the same game. Like, what was I missing? Like, why was everybody like Purdy did? As a as a Lions fan, what absolutely pissed me off was where when did Brock Purdy turn into Lamar Jackson and get clutch yeah, yeah. third down? He had like four third down runs where he shed our defenders and runs for 20 yards. Where has that been all season? Like, I mean, good for him. He hit it from the scouting report. That was the most, I mean, the the Mahomes type throw where he threw it over Campbell to Kittle. Like, you know what? You get one of those. But the, the, fr- the most frustrating thing was like, hey, Aaron Glenn, Aaron Glenn, Anthony, whatever, Glenn. Like, dude, he's killed you once or twice. Just make sure it doesn't happen again. And it happened three or four or five times that he just killed you with your legs. And you're like, where the absolute hell did this come from all season? Yeah, I think he had like 50 rushing yards. That was, it yeah. was insane. Yeah, like, and then Lamar Jackson can't do shit. And you're like, well, this is supposed to be reversed. Brock Purdy's supposed to not leave the pocket. Lamar Jackson's supposed to have 200 rushing yards. But the scripts were flipped the whole day. I mean, Lamar that, Jackson is the MVP of the NFL. <laughs> I mean, they say, Lord. they say, but that's what they no, say. That, like that, that, that McCaffrey's going to get his Debo. Ayuk's going to get his off some fluke shit. Like Brock Purdy's going to get some, the most frustrating thing was he was getting a quarter of it from things he hasn't done all season. You're just like, Stop the stop the dude from running. Like play yeah. some sort of prevent. Like Aiden Hutchinson, stop rushing upfield. Like, do just get some pressure without the your left shoulder going over the quarterback and breaking contain. Like what's going on? But and, that and was the, the Lions, most frustrating thing. What doesn't make sense to me is the Lions feel like such a hard nosed team, but they're they, they it felt like their tackling was just. Yeah. Subpar. These guys are yeah. not fun to tackle. I don't think. I, I get that yeah. they're not fun, but it's a you know the amount of tackles that were being ran through. It just felt like but there that, is a, there is a thing that you know there are some offenses that you know you you got to hit a guy a couple times and it does what even if it's subconscious it's like it's tough to bring everybody everybody you just named are guys that do not go down easy. Yeah, there are no, like not- St. Brown is like that, and David Montgomery for you guys for the Lions. Like, yeah. but imagine if your entire team was Amon Ross St. Brown and David Montgomery. It's like you get pretty tired out there. Yeah, not I mean, Brock not- Purdy though. Who's that? I feel that? like Brock Purdy shook off far too many tackles, like where yeah. or sacks yeah. in your sacks, where you're like, yeah, that's not really his, you know, mo here. He's I was waiting for him to get killed. Yeah, yeah I, I was know. like, this kids, this is it. This is the end of his career. Where's the head? So I love, I love, like, I love Anzalone. I love Campbell, Rodrigo, mm-hmm. um, Barnes. I, I think our linebackers are good. But going back to tweeting or X, like, 
you know, somebody said, I want my linebackers to like have low IQ or a little bit of mental illness. I think our secondary needs, I think we need four Brian branches back there. I think he has a little bit of mental illness that like, he just doesn't care. And I love that. So we need like three or four more Brian branches in this draft. Like that, uh, what's that test? The players take the combo. Yeah. yeah. We, we need people who have the absolute worst scores on the Wonderlick and draft them. <laughs> Like first and second round, and those are our defensive players. Right, just just, just get, get a couple, yeah, get a couple Frank Gores out there. Get you know, get somebody that can't, yeah, scores a three on the Wonderlick, uh, but knows yeah. exactly what's going on in WWE. Drake Drake, Frank- Drake Greenlaw on the 49ers looks like he's playing with a brain cell, yes, and he hits dude, and he so hits it. like that. It's so he, he, he hits like he loses all of his brain cells, and he doesn't care. And like Frank race. Gore Jr. like <laughs> Frank Gore Jr. We need to draft him, make him a fullback and a rover, just. Both sides of the ball, dude. You'll play for 30 years. Yeah, but, but I, I think we I are... have to drop off, guys. I'm sorry about that. Oh, good. Well, listen, we appreciate your time. You know, you, this is not the easiest day for you, and we uh, we appreciate you coming on. So we'll uh, we'll have you on again beginning of next season, and we'll uh, we'll get amped up for 2024-2025 uh, Detroit Lions. Too early prediction. We'll at least be back in the NFC Championship. Love it. Lock it in. Timestamp. I think so, too. Timestamp. I think it'll be better. Yep. Well, man, I appreciate it. Y'all have a good one. Have a good one, Taylor. Taylor. See y'all. So, you know, want to make sure sufficiently – I think we're all 49ers fans, right? Are we all 49ers fans? Sarah? You're grouping me in. No, I'm not because if the 49ers win this Super Bowl, that puts them one ahead of the Cowboys in all time. They're both – right now they're tied for five Super Bowls. So now you're you're playing chess right now. You're thinking long-term, and that's – I, I guess I I guess so. You're gonna have to sit there. You Taylor Swift, the the Kelseys. You're gonna go. You're gonna go get in Taylor Swift's box, hang out with Mama Kelsey, and uh, get your uh, get your shirt from Use Check. Yes, I already <laughs> pre-ordered it. Actually, thank you. And it's a jacket, not a shirt, <laughs> but it's a jacket. Uh, okay. <laughs> no, I mean I hate it. I don't want to root for either team. I feel like I'm the stereotypical fan who's like, I'm not gonna watch the Super Bowl this year, but I am obviously. I'm not a fan of the color scheme that's going to be going on. A lot of ugly red mustard gold tones are going to be out there, which is not good for the casual fan either. But yeah, I don't really want to, I really don't want to root for either team, but the Chiefs have never done anything personally to the Cowboys. Like, you know, so I feel like because I don't want to see the Chiefs win, but because there's this statistical, you know, thing going on with the 49ers, I feel like I have to go and lean in the favor of the Chiefs. Okay. All right. That, that's better for the podcast. I guess we'll, uh, you know, we'll have to be I'm fine with that. In my, in my mental <laughs> filing this one away. I don't, uh, I don't blame you. I, I guess like, that well, makes the sense. Eagles have never really done anything to the Bills. <laughs> Shut the so fuck go up. Birds. <laughs> go Birds. Go um, Birds. <laughs> So well, I, I think we're all excited. So what we are going to do is we're going to get everything together. And next week will be our full, full Super Bowl preview. We are all going to come with our official picks as well as some additional fun prop bets that we're all going to go for. And we'll all start with a certain amount of units, put some bets in, and we'll see uh, see who comes out on top. Um, rough week. You know, we'll we'll touch on it quick, I guess. Blazel's best bets. Rough championship round. Playoff edition. It doesn't include the regular season. Yeah, just playoff edition. Regular season, we're still good. I, I think we're still plus. Uh, in the playoffs, we are currently down 3.86 units of the 6.5 we started with, but we have 2.64 to play around with uh, moving forward for the Super Bowl. So we got some money in the kitty still, uh, but a rough uh, rough week. At least that under in the uh, Ravens-Chiefs game did hit. Heads or tails, sound off in the comments. 
you we're know, need it for next week. You know, we're going tails. Uh, but we're all going to come. Yeah, we'll come back uh, with all of our favorite prop bets. Um, I guess before we let you go to a little bit of other NFL news, Sarah, I know you had, uh, you know, your your former your former what you thought was going to be heir apparent Kellen Moore. Yes. Yeah. I just all I have to say is Kellen Moore is a traitor. The Eagles have officially hired him as offensive coordinator, which I think speaks volumes to Sirianni's plans here. Obviously, I think we talked about earlier. We all felt maybe Sirianni's job was in question. It seems he's keeping his job potentially by they asked him to, you know, bring names of, of potential offensive defensive coordinators he thought would be a good fit. He comes up with Kellen Moore. If you've watched the Chargers or the Cowboys for the past few years, you don't want Kellen Moore as your offensive coordinator. There's not a lot of good film out of there from the past few years. But in the brain of Nick Sirianni, I see him justifying this being like, yeah, we're sticking it to the Cowboys. We're getting insider info. Like, it's the easy answer choice for him to go with Kellen Moore without actually watching any, like, deep analytical film and justifying it. His probably only sole reason was he was offensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys. And I kind of hate it because a part of me is scared that there's going to be some revival of Kellen Moore's career. He's young. He's probably a smart guy. Maybe he can turn it around from here. So I'm not saying he's doomed. I'm not saying he's trash yet. And that makes me a little nervous. But I'm overall, you're never happy to see one of your coordinators go within the division. You know, you just aren't. It's irritating beyond belief. I'm sure the Cowboys don't are upset about it. And it's just another Eagles move to get under our skin, which is so annoying. But it's the way it is. But Sarah, I'm, I'm sure you'll agree with me, but I, I would like to get somebody outside of the NFC East's uh, opinion in Mike. Mm. Um, now with Sirianni and Kellen Moore uniting forces, is there a head coach offensive coordinator combo with more punchable faces in the entire world? Oh, because I hate, I mean, also it doesn't hurt that he's then Cowboys and then now Eagles. I hate Kellen Can Moore's I punch dumb. Mike McDaniel twice. <laughs> Yeah, you could because I don't know who their offensive coordinator is. I'll just get that guy. Play. <laughs> I think I could take him right now. Uh, probably a little quicker than me, but I'm slimming down. Yeah, gonna, you'll just get so there. I can catch him with Shannon Dawson. I don't know. Oh, I, I would smack the shit out of a Shannon Dawson. Wait, wait a minute. Wait, he I, looks. I can't tell what guy that is. guy. I'm not hitting him. Yeah, I wouldn't hit that guy. Uh, but I hate the way Kellen Moore's face looks. And then Nick Sirianni, it just seems like they're they're building. Uh, there. They've been uh, they're, they're, it just seems like they're building just a group of just the most annoying people. But um, they seem like polar opposites, though, in a yeah. way. Like, how, you know what I mean? In terms of just actual interactions, like, I don't see how that's going to go well. I just feel like they don't see on the same page. They do not see the world in the same way, I feel like. I would not no. punch Robert Sala. Nope. Nope. No. That guy will hit back. And I'm not fighting OJ Mayo either. Let me tell you, <laughs> you know what? The AFC, I'm good. But I think Sean McDermott <laughs> could take all. All right. You know what yeah. I'm going to make? <laughs> I was more, it was more, I hate the way that, uh, National champion wrestler. Just saying. I hate Kellen Moore's face. And then uh, also Sarah, you had written here, I think kind of shocking to us all Falcons pass on Belichick. I don't know if the Falcons pass on him or in my mind, I still just can't picture him there. So I don't know if it's a Belichick passing on the Falcons kind of thing, because I can't imagine anybody passing on him. So I, I I don't really know what this means for bill moving forward. Like, I don't really think he's just going to go like be a DC somewhere. But, uh, you know, there's we are interviewing coaches. <laughs> the jobs are, uh, you know, fewer and far between than uh, than they were when he uh, first retired. It's or... down to Seattle and Washington. Yeah. Can't picture him either of those places. And Vrabel's got to get a job. Definitely. I have Vrabel as our defensive coordinator. My thoughts are if Dan Campbell goes, people are saying Seattle potentially for Dan Campbell. 
so then we have an opening. Wait. I would love oh. the Cowboys to take Rayball, but or wait, Dan Quinn. I'm sorry, Dan we're Quinn. just talking Dan. so much about we were talking so much about Dan Campbell that he's just ingrained in my brain over after the past 24 hours. Dan Quinn is being in the talks for Seattle head coach, so obviously that leaves a vacancy in Dallas. Rayball would be a pretty nice fit. I feel like he could really level up Mike McCarthy, and which is not an easy task for sure, but. That's just my idealistic goals right now. But yeah, I don't know about Belichick. I don't know if it was a mutual decision. Like they both didn't feel like it was just not going to work out. You know, maybe Belichick didn't like them. I don't think he's in it for the money really, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know what happened, but I can't see him in Atlanta. Atlanta feels like they're going nowhere in the next couple of years. Even if he was there, I, I know they still have some young studs in their building, but their quarterback situation is just a mess. Yeah, it's not good. You're not going to come in and win right away, but I, uh, I, I have thought about this. We might have talked about it on the pod before. I saw like right when him and Saban retired, like or you know whatever, stepped away in back to back days. I saw somebody on Twitter had said that they need to just create a consulting firm and they need to do a show like Bar Rescue, where the two of them go into NFL or college football teams and just like lay into the coaching staff. And I'm like, that's the greatest idea I think I've ever I, heard. I would replace Hard Knocks with that immediately. Yeah. Next. <laughs> Belichick and Saban going into any I would any pro team like they go into Seattle. Or they have to they go and yell at David Tepper in uh yeah, in right. Carolina. Like, <laughs> Clean the fucking plates up. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, you are not in charge here. You are not in charge. I would love to see that. So well, thank you guys. Again, what an amazing football season. We're uh next week, as I mentioned, we're going to have a full, full Super Bowl recap with lots of prop bets, lots of our official picks. And uh, we got to get ready for the uh, for the post-football world. But So we need to focus up, get excited for the Super Bowl, have some fun. Can um, I give a little tease? Please. I've got one that I've, that I've circled in red and probably going to bet before we talk next week. Oh. Purdy and Mahomes over 50 rushing yards. It's like plus 140. Get that in. Like combined rushing yards? Yeah. 50. Yeah, okay. Feels like a trap because Purdy ran last week, but – yeah, yeah, could be yeah. fun. Mahomes can. He, Mahomes, I'm, I'm a sucker for traps. So. And Mahomes is that classic guy that just scampers out there and gets way more rushing yards than you expect. Yeah. <laughs> so we love you guys as always. You know, watch us on YouTube. We have some fun stuff in the backgrounds this week, which is always exciting. Uh, you watch us. You know, follow us Spotify, Apple, anywhere you get your podcasts. And uh, not to do any tease, but we did have some talks. We may be doing a little rebrand here coming forward as well. So um, we're putting some stuff out there. And uh, maybe looking for a new name, maybe some new segments. We have a whole wor- whole world coming after. Uh, big coming sponsor, out. big sponsor. It's uh, <laughs> uh, it rhymes with mold nice body wash. Oh, there it's old yeah. spice. You no. talked to old spice. Yep, yep, <laughs> yep. I did. Yeah. I DM them. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's good stuff. There you go. So we love you guys, and uh, we will talk to you next week.